are conditional. Say that with me. The blessings of God are? They're conditional. And the condition is? Oh, somebody's paying attention. Amen. Say it with me. Condition, the condition is? Obedience. And number three, obedience is my, my choice. It's my choice. So we learned basically in the first message that the blessings of God on our life are not determined by God. They're determined by us. It is obvious throughout all of Scripture God desires to bless his children. God wants to bless his people, but the choice is ours if we receive it or not, all right? Uh, then the second message, second message last week, we learned about the inward requirements, the inward responsibilities that we have to find the blessings of God in our life. Uh, the inward, what has to happen in the heart? And we, we found that out today. We're going to talk about the outward, the practical steps, the things that have to take place on the outside. What steps do we take place? What do we do physically in our life so the blessings of God can be upon our life? Are you ready? Say amen. amen. All right. We still have people uh, seeking uh, chairs. So if we, if we can, uh, uh, Brother John, you got that? You got that handled? All right. Find a good seat. Good seat. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what we're going to do today and how we're going to learn. I pray your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Malachi chapter number 3 in verse number 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. It, now watch this. this. This is great. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a... Pour you out a blessing. What are we preaching about? Blessing. How many of y'all need a blessing? How many of y'all could use one of them kind? I mean, open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's the promise. Now, what was the stipulation? Verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes. The tithe is the tenth. The tenth. The word tithe means a tenth. Uh, into the storehouse, that's the house of God, that there may be meat in my house and prove me. That word prove means test, try me, try me, see, try, see, see if I won't do what I say. Now, he said he will pour out a blessing we can't receive, verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, what is that, what is that devourer? That devourer is that little nitpicking thing that always happens to you in the middle of the month. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You go and find, and then your car tears up. You're doing all right, and then the washing machine goes out. You're doing okay, and then one of the children gets sick on you, and you got to go to urgent care. What is that? A devourer. It just goes in your wallet like Pac-Man and starts devouring stuff that you didn't have planned. Are y'all with me? Now everybody can everybody can plan, and everybody can budget, and we can have and everything set. Have you ever noticed how 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 things like that always mess up your perfect plan? I mean, I got this for this, this for that, this for that. But then we don't include, we don't include the dog getting sick. We don't include the car breaking down. We don't, and all these nitpicking things are eating at us. Well, God said, if you'll put me first, I'll take care of them nitpickers. I'll take care of those issues that's coming at you, that's keeping you from being prosperous, keeping you from abundance in your life, if you will put me first. Now, today's message is very practical. It, 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 honestly, 
I, I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just be straight up with you. This is what this is this is almost preaching on ties is like preaching on sex to me. Say amen. I am uncomfortable with it. I don't like talking about it. Let somebody else deal with it. Say amen. My whole life, my whole life, when it, when it comes to this kind of thing, when I was a little kid, I wouldn't even ask for lunch money to go to school. If my sister didn't ask for it, I didn't get it. Now, thank God my sister would ask for lunch money. She would ask for uh, the credit card. She would ask for everything. So thank God for her. I got lunch to, uh, every day. But if she didn't, I because I, I just, I don't like that. I don't feel, it just, just, it just wigs me out. I don't like doing that. And especially, especially in church. Because... You hear so much about, boy, that dude on TV. Or, boy, that church, I never wanted to be that church. I never wanted to be that preacher. So I just totally avoid it. And, and, and so in doing so, I did bad. I was stealing from you because I wasn't teaching you how to receive God's blessings. I shared this with an older man of God who, who literally chewed me out and spit me out. I'm talking about up one side, down the other. I was sitting in this restaurant with him, and I'm, I mean, I'm crying. I'm, I got tears. I'm a grown man. Say amen. amen. And when he got through with me, I, had, I, had, I was just weeping because I had seen how, how wrong I was for not teaching this truth. How many of y'all believe I should preach against adultery? Come on, help me now. I'm fixing to change my topic, amen? How many of y'all believe I should preach against tithing or preach against stealing? How many of y'all believe that, that, that uh, we, should, we should preach against sin itself? See, we all agree on that. Well, this is a topic in the Bible that I would just, well, guess what? Because of that, Y'all wasn't receiving the blessings you should have. And now I'm telling you, he broke me down. So I made up my mind that day. That's never going to happen again. Even if it's just once a year, I'm going to share this truth. And I'm going to share these topics, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Now, even with that promise that I made to that man of God and God and to you, because if y'all remember a couple years ago when that happened, I came that following Sunday and apologized to y'all from the pulpit. But it's still uncomfortable. So this week, I was praying, Lord, you know this is that time. You know, this is that one that I don't like, and it bothers me, and I, it just makes me nervous. And I, and I said, God, can you make it easy? And thank God he did. Say amen. <laughs> God has given me a message that's all positive. Amen? Everything in it. Because, see, when I was growing up, I grew up a preacher's kid, and it was normal to me. I mean, this was tithing. Tithing was no issue whatsoever. I mean, because my dad taught me from a little bitty kid that the first of everything is God's. Period. God is first in everything. Do you realize you being in here right now, you're tithing your week? You're giving the first, this is the Lord's day. You've given it to God. You've tithed this week to God. You, everything in, that's first in our life is His. So that was no issue to me. And I didn't even know this was a problem till I grew up and went to Bible college and started passion. I didn't even know there was people that didn't believe in it. It blew my mind. So I'm saying, all right, Lord, now there's going to be people there's going to be people sitting in the congregation that says that, that tithing is, is all the law and we shouldn't have to do that no more. I said, so how do I? He said, just do what I tell you to do and everything will be fine. So guess what we're going to do? Just what he said. Amen? 
Let me give you three things real quickly, and it's all positive. It's all positive. Thank the Lord. Did you notice every other preacher in America would have put them cursed verses in there? We didn't read it. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you're robbing from God and and, and you're cursed. You notice that we didn't read that today. We didn't read that. All we read was the positive. So here's the deal. Why, Why do we believe in tithing? Why, and what is tithing? Tithing is a tenth. Now, in, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, we know if you'll study all of the giving in the, in the New Testament, it's all way above that 10%. The percentages are way above that. But let's just say 10. Let's just say 10%. Let's just use that as a minimum because that's what we're going to talk about, what God can do and what he does with the minimum. If the minimum is 10%, and where do we get that from? If you go back in the Word, if you go back all the way to the book of Genesis, you'll find a man by the name of Abraham. Say that word with me. Abraham. Abraham. Do you know that the Word records Abraham as a friend of God? It says Abraham was the friend of God. And that's the first place and the first time we see the word tithes. Abraham is coming from battle. He is coming from battle, and he 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 has won the victory. He's got the spoils of war, and he runs into God's representative on earth, the the, the God's priest, Melchizedek. And when he comes to him, he gives him a tithe of all that he had. Watch Watch what it says in Genesis 14, 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. In other words, he was God's representative on earth. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. Now watch what it says. And he gave him tithes of all. In other words, a tenth of everything he gave to God's man. God's representative on earth. So he set the precedence for giving a tenth. Now, here's for all the people that says tithing is the law and it's abolished. This was years before the law ever came into place. Years. Now, then we find Jacob, his grandson, his grandson giving tithes, all right? It says, Jacob, in, in Genesis 28, 22, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth unto thee, or tithe. So we find Abraham taught it to Isaac. Isaac taught it to Jacob. Now remember, this predates the law. Before the law was ever given to Moses, this was we see illustrations and, and a pattern of giving a tenth. Now, Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses commanded it in Leviticus 27. Malachi confirmed it in Malachi chapter 3. And Jesus commended it in Matthew 23. If you'll read Matthew 23, he told the Pharisees, this you should have done, talking about giving of the tithe. Now, there were some things they were lacking, but he did not discount the importance of the tenth. My point is this. Number one, if you're taking notes, tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. Way before the law, way before the law, we find a pattern of giving a tenth. And if there was anybody, if there was anybody that knew the heart of God, it was Abraham. He was a friend of God, and he showed us what to do. Now, here's the thing that I've been told before. Here's it. Well, I just give what I think I need to give. Well, the only person that I can find in the Bible who had that attitude was Cain. Cain came to God with his offering, and Cain did it Cain's way. 
how Cain wanted to do it, and God didn't accept it. Now, if we, if we come with an attitude that that's just whatever I think, then, then we have the same attitude when I say, well, I'm going to just love my wife the way I want to love her. Well, the only problem with that is God told us how to do it. Y'all with me? And, and so, so here we are. We see a precedence, God uh, giving blessings. Now, we're, we're all connected to blessings. You remember, he said, if you'll bring the tithes in the storehouse, I will pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. So we know tithing is biblical. There is a pattern that is given before the law, during the law, and after the law. Okay? So, number two, we see not only is tithing biblical, but tithing is blessed. Tithing is blessed. Now, this is where it starts getting cool. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 3 says in verse number 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits. That's your tithe. That's giving the first part to God. With the first fruits of all thine increase. So Now watch what he says. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now I just read the Bible. Is that in the Bible? All right. Now Luke 6, 38. Now remember. I, we, we dealt with the inward last week. We dealt with what our heart needs to be and how our heart needs to be when it comes to this, this uh, subject of giving and being blessed. So I'm taking for granted that everybody in here, all of our hearts are right and we're giving for the right reason. So that is a given. Now what happens when we do? Watch this. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. How many of y'all in here has ever picked peas? Raise your hand if you pick peas. All right. I went one time. I never picked peas before. So I went to a, an older gentleman's house, and his name was uh, Junior Fussell. And he had this big garden, had the big garden every year. He called me and said, Malcolm, you like peas? I said, I love peas. He said, well, come over and let's pick them. I thought, pick them? I want to eat them. Amen. You pick them, we'll eat them together. Amen. Uh, he said, come on over and we'll pick some. I said, all right. Never done that before. So I went over there and he gives me this basket about this big around, about that deep. And he says, you start down that row and I'm going to start down this row. Well, if, 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 you, if you don't know this, that, that younger people will get finished before older people. And you think it's because they're young and fast, but it's not. It's they're dumb. Say amen. Because I got, I got about halfway down my row, and it was poking out the top. And I turned around and said, I'm done. He said, no, you ain't. He said, bring me that basket. He brought me that. I brought him a basket, and he took that basket and went. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Them peas went. I'm thought, man, I thought I was done. Amen. Leave my basket alone. And then he took his hands. He said, now pick some more, amen. And you know what? That's what God is saying is going to take place in your life when you honor God and put him first in the area of your finances. I've never understood, I've never understood how people will raise Cain about the homosexual agenda and I mean they'll do everything. Bless God, them sinners, low down, and while they're stealing from God. And we like preaching against everything else except this one topic. And we'll believe God for everything in the Bible except this one topic. And so I did some more research. You're not going to believe. You're not going to believe what I found out. 
There was a Christian institution that surveyed giving in America every year. And, and it was always based on what people were not doing. So it was always on the negative. Because according to statistics, only 5% of Christians today tithe. Only 5%. And 80%, 80% of Christians tithe, or give less than 2%. Less than 2%. So what they did, instead of surveying those that didn't, they just surveyed those that did and what God was doing in the lives of those who were faithfully tithing. Now, this is not those who started and quit. This is not those who, who tithed and tried it to see if God would bless it. This was not those who did it for a little bit until things got a little rough or they made poor financial decisions and, and felt like they couldn't and they quit. This, not, this is people who were faithfully tithing, good or bad, in or out. Listen, faithfully put God first in their life. Watch the results. Watch what God showed. Listen, tithers compared to non-tithers, they used nine financial health indicators and found that tithers were better off in every single category. Among tithers, for example, 80% have no unpaid credit card bills. 74% don't owe anything on their cars. 48% own their own home. And 28% are debt-free. Debt-free. Preacher, what are you saying? Whatever you feel like if you don't, this is proof if you do. Now, here's, the, here's what, this never fails. This never fails. Of all the tithers I've ever talked to, and it was, it was in, the, in the survey too, out of all of the tithers, the faithful tithers, that I, I said, I said uh, why, why do you tithe? Because God has blessed me. God bless me. Then over here, I will say, why do you not tithe? Every single one. Every single one. Nobody's ever said, well, I don't believe it's biblical. Not, not one. Every single one. I can't afford to tithe. Now let's put this together. Everybody that don't tithe says they can't afford it. Everybody that does says it's because God's blessed them. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to get this. Y'all with me? You know why I can't afford it? Because I ain't doing it. And if I'm not putting God first, I'm not going to receive God's blessings. Y'all with me? Now, I'm not even talking about the curse. I mean, I'm, not even, I'm not even dealing. I'm just talking about what will God do if we do? They surveyed people in different states. They surveyed people in different uh, brackets so it's not just wealthy people not just poor people it's people that are trusting and putting God first watch what watch what uh, J.L. Kraft said head of the Kraft Cheese Corporation Kraft Cheese and Macaroni that was a that was an angel sent from God say amen right there I love macaroni and cheese. Hey, I go to, when I go to Cracker Barrel, I, I, I like to get that chicken fried chicken, and they say you have three sides. I say macaroni, macaroni, and macaroni. <laughs> Amen. And they don't believe it either. I said, macaroni, macaroni, macaroni. Watch this. He had given, he had, he'd given approximately 25% of his enormous income to Christian causes for many years. And this is what he said. The only investment I ever made which has paid consistently increasing dividends in the money that I have given to the Lord. Think about that. Watch this. 
J.D. Rockefeller. J.D. And you say, preacher, you're just getting these rich people. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary, which was $1.50 per week. Now think about that. Because everybody says, oh, they give because they can or they got money. No, no. When he made $1.50 a week, he began tithing to God. And God blessed what he did. There is, whether you believe it's Old Testament or New Testament, whether you believe whatever you believe, nobody in this room can take away from the fact that God blesses tithing. Period. Now, this is the minimum. Now, we all know, we all know, if you've been a Christian very long at all, and you understand that New Testament giving was way above 10%, I believe with all my heart, 10% is God's. It's the minimum. It belongs to Him. It's first. It belongs to Him. It's a priority. And as we give over that, that's out of our love. That's called offerings. Now, we understand, we understand that that is a minimum. But what if all of us just gave the minimum? What would happen? What would happen if every Christian in America was convicted by God and, and, and really was obedient in this area of their giving? What if every Christian in America was obedient to giving the minimum? Say that with me. The Watch what would happen. Researchers have discovered that if, if every Christian would give just the minimum of 10% to the Lord and His causes, $165 billion would come into the ministry for global impact. Now watch what could happen. Watch what could happen if every Christian gave just the minimum. Watch this. Out of that $165 billion, $25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable disease in five years. Five years. Think about that. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically at places in the world where one billion people live on less than a dollar a day. In five years, we could solve all the water problems in the world. Think about this. One billion dollars a year for five years could fully fund all overseas missions work in this world. Now let, now let me put it in perspective. If every Christian just did the minimum do you realize the church, not governments, the church could solve the world's problems? Think about that. I'm not talking about the government intervention. I'm not talking about welfare. I'm not talking about any of this stuff. I'm talking about God's people solving the world's problems. If we just did it the way God said to do it, look what could take place and that still leaves a hundred billion a year left for whatever ministry needs happen here in the United States if we just did the minimum 
That's not extra missions offerings. That's not extra building offerings. That's just if every Christian decided to put the first tenth and give it to God, look what we could do. Now, let me put it into even more perspective. Because I know when we think of world issues and stuff, that's like if it's beyond our address, it doesn't mean anything to us. What if we did it right here? Here in Coleman, Alabama, here at Temple Baptist Church, everybody knows we're trying to get in a building. Everybody knows we need a building. There's nobody in this room. There's nobody in this room that wants to be in that building any more than the one that's up on this platform. Nobody. I want it so bad. I know you do. We've crowding problems and all that kind of stuff. We need a building. Watch this. I told Dustin, I told Dustin, I said, I want you to get the average income in Coleman County. Not a high, not a low, because there's a lot of people at Temple and a lot of people in Coleman that make really high salaries and some that make low salaries. I said, what is the average in Coleman County? And then take that, and if, if everybody at Temple right now that's coming actively at Temple right now, if we all gave a tenth, we gave the minimum. Say it with me. We gave the, the If we all did that, do you realize the income that would come in, we could build this building and pay it off in 23 months? 23 months. By just doing now, if God blesses it, what's the question? Look what God could do with the minimum. Now, I I, want to say this. I want to say this. I know a lot of the reasons. I, I, I've, I've talked with folks, and, we've, and, and, and sometimes people are hesitant to give because they're afraid of stuff like, you know, what happens on TV. You see these, these televangelists robbing people and buying jets and mansions and all that kind of, and I get that. I do. I understand that. I, I, I totally understand the reservation because you're afraid of what's going to happen with that. But I promise you, over the history of Temple Baptist Church, When we were 30 people in that little bitty building, all the way to where we are today, we have done just enough to get by. We did everything that we could on our own to save money for labor. I mean, everything, it is so simple. Everything we've got in this building is simple. We have not gone elaborate. We have not gone crazy with everything. We've tried to save money on every single area here at Temple Baptist Church. Even in the new design, where everything is just the bare minimum of what we need to get people in this building and get them under the gospel of Jesus Christ. Say amen. I, I tried my best for, for several years. As the ministry grew and grew and grew, I had people coming to me, other pastors and other church leaders, saying, listen, you've got to hire some help. You've got to, you've got to hire some help. And I would constantly, I got it. I, it's all right, we, we don't need... Why? I was want, trying to save money. Trying to save money. Trying to, let's get for let's Let's go for Constantly, constantly, constantly. To the point that it almost killed me. It almost killed me. It almost destroyed my marriage because of the pressure and everything that was going on, trying to do it all myself. And you know what? It's amazing the difference that you feel at 25 and 40. 
And then we broke down, we had to add staff. Because if we didn't, if we didn't, we wouldn't make it. If we didn't, I couldn't go on anymore. And if that fell apart, we wouldn't need a building. So the building almost became irrelevant if we didn't add some staff. And, and, and to, to explain what I'm talking about, the average church in America, the average church in America has one staff person per 70 persons in the church. One staff person per 70. Temple has one staff person, be, uh, uh, one per 169 people. And you say, preacher, what? we've done everything in our power to keep it as low as we can get by with to make sure this has happened. People have come on staff and cut their salaries 10 to 30% just to serve here, to serve you, to help. And all I'm saying is this. Trust me when we tell you we're not wasting anything. Trust me. We've got an administrative pastor who's the biggest Scrooge in America. Say amen. And that's great. I need him to be that. And we pinch and we pinch for everything because we want to make this happen. And you can trust us. It's going where it needs to go. And, and listen, if you want God to bless you, there's no question in my mind that the Bible is true. He said, let me read it one more time and we'll pray. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me, test me, try me. Now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is in the same Bible where I read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to believe one Please believe the other. Please believe the other. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. All I know is what I know. My whole life as a Christian, my whole life as a Christian, I have seen and experienced the blessings of God when we do what God says and put Him first. This is not something I'm giving you out of a catalog or out of a help book or out of a conference from my own life. I have seen the blessings of God. Now, will things get tight? Sure. Sure. Sometimes God will test our faith. Sometimes God will put us through the fire. He called Abraham from his home place to Canaan's land, and the first thing that, that, that Abraham ran into was a famine because it was a test to see how he would respond. I'm not saying there hadn't been times of testing, but overall, I promise you this, in the big scope of things, God will not lie. Last verse. How many of y'all have ever heard this verse? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man, that shall he also. Everybody puts sin in that application. But if you will study that chapter, now you can apply it for that. I have no question about it. But if you will study that, that uh, whole chapter, you will find out it's dealing with giving. It's dealing with giving. And he says, 
Listen, be not deceived. God is not mocked. And that word mocked means to, to, to bad mouth. What he is saying, if you give to God, nobody's going to come to God and say, hey, I, you owe me. Because God is going to owe no man. God is not going to be mocked. If you sow it, you're going to, isn't that great? Number one, tithing, the minimum, is biblical. Number two, tithing, which is the minimum, it's blessed. Number three, tithing, the minimum, it is so beneficial. Look what we could do and what God could do. He, God could solve the problems of the world if his people would simply trust him in this area of the minimum. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, I do know this requires trust. I do know this requires faith. Lord, I do know that this is an issue that we all struggle with, even those that are faithful in that area. Because, Lord, sometimes the devil will tempt us. Sometimes struggles will come. Sometimes times of testing will develop in our life. Well, Lord, I pray. I pray for every person in here, for them to find the blessings in their life. Lord, I pray for the blessings of God to be on their family. I pray for the blessings of God to be on their finances. I pray that the blessings of God will be in their relationships, in the marriage relationship, in the homes. I pray for the blessings of God to be upon their workplace. Lord, the relationships on the job. I just pray that you'll open the windows just like you promised, just like you said, just like you have given in your word. Lord, you would pour out blessings that we cannot even receive. We don't even have room to receive what you want to do for your children. God, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Everyone stand. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, if you need to be saved, we've got people at this altar all the way across from one side to Without the next. Him, if you'd like to be saved, we'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved this morning. Maybe you want to join up. This is where God wants you to serve. Just come on. Him, Maybe you just need encouragement. Maybe you just need God to speak to your heart and encourage you. We'll be glad to pray with you this morning as you come. And without Him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Everyone sing now, Jesus. And Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus.